BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash Podcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The Neverland Podcast, Episode 15. Good morning, Neverland! Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whatever time it is, and welcome once again to Neverland. I am your host, as always, Jeremy, and of course, once again, I'm going to ask you to find the nearest pixie. I know they're getting harder to find these days. Give her a shake and think of a good, happy thought, and we'll get started here today. We've got kind of a special show here today. Uh... I wasn't sure how I was going to go about this for the first time because this will not be the last time that we will have a show featuring the great Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm actually today I'm going to once again because it's becoming a habit share some pretty cool audio from some read-along books. In fact, I am going to try to squeeze all three of the original Indiana Jones trilogy recordings into one show. Uh, at some point, we'll probably still have a panel discussion. A lot of the topics that I've hit lately, it's been kind of fun sharing some audio, but you know, we'll get back into a panel discussion and everything because it's fun to discuss our memories about these sort of things. But before we get there, of course, I do have some news for you this week. And some of it's actually rather interesting. So, all right, well, we'll just move on right along ahead here. Mark Webb, director of Amazing Spider-Man 1, 2, and the yet-to-come 3, which is set for a June 10th, 2016 release, has said that after 3, it will be time for him to find a new project. Sony has already set a release date of May 4th, 2018 for Amazing Spider-Man 4. Uh, Mark Webb has also stated that there are plans for an expanded Spidey Universe series of spinoffs featuring Venom and the Sinister Six. Uh, it seems Sony is trying to create their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just too bad that they are not really merged in with what Disney has been putting out on their own through the Marvel Studios. Uh, it would be really cool to see Spider-Man pop up in an Avengers movie, but I don't see that happening. Sony's kind of still cashing in by making these things. It just looks like they're going to have to do it without Mark Webb. Uh, I don't know who they'll get to fill in for him. I'm sure that, you know, 
within a couple couple years we'll probably find out something i think mark webb did a pretty good job on that first one so i'm excited to see where he goes and what maybe he works on next uh the youtube channel machinima now let me spell this for you so you can search this out m-a-c-h-i-n-i-m-a uh, machinima uh, they're set to host a series based on the street fighter series of games called assassin's fist now this is a follow-up to a previous series that they called street fighter legacy uh, machinima has previously had success with mortal kombat series uh, namely mortal kombat legacy now i for one i'm gonna have to look into this because i think i'm missing out on something i think a long time ago i'd seen a trailer for a potential what a mortal kombat movie should be like and that might have been through machinima i'm not sure but i was not aware that this was going on so i'm gonna have to look into this because this actually sounds like it's kind of cool because the the concept here is they're trying to show the viability if you took the subject matter seriously how you could actually make a really decent movie out of the street fighter series which so far has had a couple of stinkers and uh the mortal kombat from the series which had a one fairly decent movie and then a really terrible one so uh, yeah, I recommend go check that out on YouTube. Go subscribe to Machinima. They actually have a lot of really cool stuff that they usually put up. Uh, in Doctor Who news, straight from SuperheroHype.com, Keely Hawes, uh, known from Line of Duty and Upstairs Downstairs, and also as the voice of Laura Croft in the Tomb Raider game franchise, has been announced as a new member of the cast of Doctor Who, which is set to return this year. Uh, Hawes will be playing Ms. Delfox, which is described as being a powerful, out-of-this-world character with a dark secret. Now, is this going to be a new companion, or is she just going to be in a series of episodes? Is she going to be kind of popping in and out like River Song used to do? I'm not sure, but I'm sure we'll find out. And, of course, they're filming currently the new season of Doctor Who, which will premiere probably around in September. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for that. It's, I've pretty much got caught up on Doctor Who on Netflix, where I didn't have to wait for the next episode. I just had to go move on to the next one. Uh, so, now that I'm current with everything, I have nothing but to go and watch the classic ones, which is fun. But uh, I want to get in with the newer ones ones uh now here's the name i'm probably going to butcher so i'm going to apologize in advance uh lupita nyongo uh, she's from the Oscar-winning film Tw uh, 12 Years a Slave. Uh, she's currently being looked at for a role in the seventh Star Wars film. What she's being looked at for, you know, I didn't want to dive too far into that because I, you know, I don't want to spoil too much things for myself, and I don't know if I want to ruin anything for you guys because I'm sure everybody's really anticipating the next Star Wars film. Uh, or there's probably some people who are out there going, oh, please, no, not another one or something, you know, after the prequels. Uh, but, yeah, they're looking at her. Now, nothing so far that I have seen has said that she has signed on anything, but uh, apparently she is very good if she's uh, been in an Oscar-winning film. She must be a good actress, so... Uh all the best to her whenever she gets uh, when we hear about this role and uh, I'm sure she'll be great as whatever the role is uh, J.K. Simmons formerly of Spider-Man fame you all would know him as playing J. Jonah Jameson in the three original Spider-Man films uh, he has been picked by the Terminator Genesis director Alan Taylor to play an alcoholic detective that has been following the bizarre case of Sarah Connor and a bunch of robots for about 30 years uh, this is a Terminator reboot and is set to star Arnold Schwarzenegger returning as another Terminator uh, Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese, Jason Clark as John Connor, and Amelia Clark to play Sarah Connor. Uh, this is going to be kind of a weird thing, though. Some of the description, I, I didn't make a whole lot of sense to me of what they're planning to do, but it's kind of rebooting, and it's like 30 years after the in incident, so I guess with the reboot, they're 
they're kind of trying to continue the franchise, and so I guess maybe everything's still going to be set from where it was before. Um, I'm not sure exactly where they're going with this, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping it'll be good. I kind of thought when I heard that they were going to reboot that they were going to start completely over, you know, going back to, with a, a new origin story or something like that. But it uh, uh, doesn't sound that way, although they do, they have recast all the characters we're used to. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, Sebastian Stan, who has had a role in Captain, Mer- Captain America, the first Avenger, and also has a role in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, has revealed that he still has seven more film appearances in a nine-picture deal that he signed originally with the studio. Now, I could say more about this, but I would really end up spoiling something. But uh, those of you who are Marvel fans already in the know understand what exactly this means of what character he played i'm not going to say what character he played now you can feel free to google this uh but uh be prepared to be spoiled of uh, of uh something in the upcoming film that yeah like i said i don't want to spoil it but it's very exciting knowing that his character will be popping up in at least seven more films uh perhaps in, the, in an upcoming avengers film maybe the third one who knows uh maybe his character will get his own film stand alone don't know Anyways, that's some pretty exciting news. Uh, Okay, now, I don't have any movie reviews for you this week, or any book reviews for that matter. But uh, I do have something kind of interesting to kind of let you know what's coming next week. Normally, you know, I have said that I kind of like to spend the week planning out what I'm going to do. And I don't always make my decision because there's so many different things to cover. Uh, I do know what I'm planning to do for next week. Because upcoming this week, there is a new Muppets film, Muppets Most Wanted. I do plan on seeing it as quickly as I can. And I do plan on having a review. And because it would be a lot of fun. And because if you're like me, you kind of grew up watching the Muppets when you were little watching the Muppet Show. I actually have about, uh, well, I have all three of the seasons of the Muppet Show. I don't know if they're ever going to release that season four. Uh, I really wish they would. Uh, but uh, I figure next week we're going to talk about Muppets. Now, I am trying to work out something. Uh, I did make contact with a fellow. I, his name, his first name, Stephen. Uh, he used to host a show called Muppet Cast. And, uh, boy, he I tell you what, he is the expert of all knowledge of anything Jim Henson and Muppets. Uh, so I have made contact with him. Uh, he has friended me now on Facebook, and I did send him a message. I have not heard back. I don't know if he's just trying to, because he, really, he stopped his podcast and I don't know if he's just trying to get out of podcast or just the fact that who is this guy again, you know, is trying to get me on his podcast. So I don't know. But expect next week to have a Muppet-filled show. We're going to have some fun. And if you have, like, uh, some Muppet memories you'd like to share or uh, perhaps tell me who your favorite Muppet is and why, uh, send that on an email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com or, of course, send it by Twitter. And I'll go ahead and give you the Twitter and the Facebook page, uh, which I normally do at the end of the show. But because I'm kind of asking for some fun information. Uh, go ahead. You can send that to Neverland PCAST. Well, that's at Neverland PCAST on Twitter. And on Facebook, of course, we are Facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast. So, yeah, let me know who your favorite Muppet is and why. And I'll be sure to get around to that on the show. Okay. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get rolling with uh, some of the audio. Uh, I didn't think of a song that I wanted to have for a song of the week this week, unfortunately. Uh, I couldn't think of anything that really I thought fit with the the content i'm sharing today so so nothing sprang to mind so i thought it would just be fun to kind of jump back into the vault of audio read-along books 
And uh, I've really had fun tracking a lot of these down and finding this sort of audio. Uh, this, uh, all three of these recordings actually came from a website called mousevinyl.com. Uh, Mouse Vinyl, the guy who runs that, uh, he's on a show called Mousalgia. Uh, that's another podcast. And he collects vinyl records, kind of like what I'm sort of doing, although he's a lot more advanced than I am on collecting vinyl records. And he likes, of course... Uh, digitally record the audio from these records and then he shares them on his website and he's got a lot of different things. His focus of course is mainly anything that was put out through uh, Walt Disney Records or any of its uh, subsidiaries which is actually a lot of different things and in fact they did release a lot of the uh, you know the Indiana Jones Star Wars and a lot of the different read-along books uh, but uh, for those of you who uh, would remember like me uh, you know, the first Indiana Jones, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark, came around about in, I believe, 1980. I should have looked that up. I mean, yeah, but 1980 uh, was the first one. Um, or actually, I think it was about 81. Golly. Okay, well, we'll get more onto that when we actually get onto the panel and everything. My memory's kind of half gone. It's uh, It's been kind of a crazy day over here. Uh, but anyways, without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some of this audio. Now, at some point, keep in mind that uh, we will be revisiting this topic. We'll have some panel discussion. Also, at some point, I do have the audio from the Indiana Jones stunt show from Walt Disney World, and I will happily share that with you that's a lot of a fun show i i really did enjoy that but here we go with uh we'll start with raiders of the lost ark even though yes i know the temple of doom is sort of a prequel but i'm going to play them in the order that they were released so here we go this is the story of raiders of the lost ark you can read along with me in your book you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this let's begin now most people, archaeology means digging up old clay pots for museum displays. But for Indiana Jones, it meant travel and treasure and a good deal of risk. Deep in the steaming jungles of South America, Indy had discovered an ancient temple. Many traps guarded the solid gold statue within. Indy dodged deadly spiders, iron spikes, and a deep pit before he finally found the priceless treasure. Gently, Indy lifted the golden idol. The ancient walls began to shake. I've sprung the trap. Poison darts flew by his head. Indy fled through the passageway, a huge boulder crashing at his heels. Desperately, he dove out of the temple, just as the giant rock sealed the entrance forever. Indy looked up to find himself surrounded by angry warriors. From the ranks of spears and blowguns stepped a tall Frenchman, René Belloc. So, you beat me to the treasure, Dr. Jones. But again, we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. Reluctantly, Indy handed over the gold statue. Too bad your friends here don't know you like I do, Belloc. Indy had no sooner resumed his archaeology lectures than he was contacted by government agents. Professor Jones, what do you know about the lost Ark of the Covenant? It was the sacred chest used to carry around the Ten Commandments. I've got a picture of it in this book. The Ark was said to have mysterious powers, and any army which carried it into battle was undefeatable. That's the very reason we must find the Ark before the Nazi army does, Dr. Jones. Hmm. First, we'll need the key to the Ark's location. 
an ancient gold medallion. And I think I know just where to find it. In the frozen peaks of Nepal lived Marion Ravenwood, the daughter of a fellow archaeologist. One night, a familiar silhouette appeared in her doorway. Indiana Jones. I always knew I'd see you again. Marion, I need one of the relics your father collected, the medallion from the Staff of Ra. It's the key to a great treasure. Suddenly, five gunmen burst into the room. Give us the medallion, Carlyne. Indy's bullwhip flashed, disarming the Nazi officer. Guns blazed as the others joined the fight. But Indy was more than a match for them. Marion bashed the last attacker with a torch and held the medallion triumphantly. Indy grinned. You're really something, Marion. I'm more than that, Jones. Now I'm your partner. Somewhere beneath the scorching sands of Egypt lay the well of the souls, the last resting place of the lost Ark. Hoping to find it, Indy and Marion journeyed to Cairo to seek the advice of their friend Salah. My friends, the Nazis are already digging here and have uncovered an ancient map room. But it's worthless to them without your medallion. The next day, two Nazi officers watched Marion and Indy stroll through the bustling marketplace of Cairo. On the Nazi signal, a band of Arab swordsmen attacked them. Indy dodged their flashing blades. Marion, run! But two of the men grabbed Marion and forced her into a large basket. Indy shot the last swordsman and chased the basket which was disappearing down the winding street. As he turned a corner, he saw the two men throw a basket into the back of a truck. The Arabs sprayed the street with machine gun bullets as the truck came at Indy. He fired back. The speeding truck swerved, rolled over, and burst into flames. Marion! In shock, Indy turned from the smoldering wreckage. No one could have survived the crash. He stumbled into a cafe, only to find his old enemy. Belloc, it's you again. I should have known you'd be helping the Nazis. <laughs> Remember, Indiana, I will stop at nothing to get the Ark. Determined to beat Belloc to the Ark, Indy sneaked into the ancient map room the Nazis had just discovered. On the floor of the dusty room lay a miniature city. Indy placed the medallion on a wooden staff and waited anxiously. Suddenly a golden beam of sunlight shot through the medallion's crystal and lit one small building in the model city. That's it. The Well of the Souls. Using the medallion's clue, Indy, Sala, and his men discovered the entry to the Well of the Souls. After digging feverishly, they lifted a heavy door and peered into a large underground chamber. Sala, something's moving down there. Snakes, Indy. Very dangerous. We'll drop torches to clear the way. You climb down first. Indy groaned. 
why did it have to be snakes? Carefully picking their way through the slithering snakes, Indy and Sala reached a stone altar. There sat the long-sought Ark. Outside, lightning flashed as the two men gently lifted the shining golden Ark from its ancient resting place. As the torches began to flicker out, Sala and the Ark were hoisted safely out of the chamber. But before Indy could climb out, Belloc's voice boomed from above. Once again, Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. Indy looked up to see Nazi soldiers closing a stone door. At the last moment, someone was pushed into the chamber with him. Marion. Indy held Marion. I thought you were dead. They switched baskets in the marketplace. What's that? Snakes? Get me out of here! As the protective torches sputtered out, Indy climbed a huge stone statue. Get ready to run, Marion! With a mighty shove, he toppled the statue, knocking a hole in the chamber wall. Quickly, they scurried outside. The two found themselves on a Nazi airfield. A plane stood by, its hatch open to receive the Ark. Indy fought with the crew. A fuel tank broke and began to leak. The gasoline caught fire and the plane exploded. Belloc burst from his tent. This is John's work. Quickly, take the Ark out of here by truck. Indy leaped onto a white Arabian stallion. Marion, you and Sala meet me in Cairo. I'm going after the Ark. Racing alongside the truck full of soldiers, Indy leaped into the cab and kicked the driver out. The Nazis in back climbed outside the speeding vehicle to get at Indy, but he swerved back and forth, throwing them all off the truck. By the time Indy reached Cairo, Sala had arranged passage home by ship. Do not worry. The captain here will make sure you and the Ark get back safely. At last, you can rest, my friends. Marion and Indy thanked Sala, boarded the cargo ship, and were soon far out to sea. At dawn, the engine suddenly stopped. Indy raced topside to find Nazi soldiers boarding from a nearby submarine. Marion and the Ark were quickly captured. Fearlessly, Indy swam out to the enemy ship. He clung to the railing as the sub headed for a mysterious distant island. After docking, Indy followed Belloc and the Nazis as they unloaded the Ark and carried it inland. Indy grabbed a weapon and aimed at the procession. Hold it, Belloc. Release Marion, or I blow the Ark to pieces. Belloc turned and smiled. Surely you could not destroy such a prize as this. This time, Indy knew Belloc was right. He let himself be captured. Marion and Indy were tied together as the Ark was placed on a stone altar. No matter what happens, Marion, don't look at it. Anxiously, Belloc opened the sacred lid. The Nazi soldiers stared dumbfounded as ghostly shapes emerged and flew about them. A hot wind blew. 
The arc glowed brilliantly, and bolts of lightning shot out, destroying Belloc and the soldiers. In a blinding flash, a whirlwind of flame leaped skyward. Then, as suddenly as it had begun, the storm ended. The lid slammed shut, and all was still. Only Indy and Marion remained alive. You've done your country a great service, Dr. Jones. Indy scowled at the government official. You promised the art to the museum. Research should be done. I assure you, top men are studying it right now. In truth, the Ark sat in a wooden crate marked, Top Secret, Do Not Open. Buried in a government warehouse full of other crates, the Ark began to gather dust once again. Well, now, wasn't that fun? Uh, well, some of the fun of Indiana Jones was the uh, the fun sound effects they used to have. Uh, Indiana Jones had very distinct sounds, like his uh, his revolver always sounded like a cannon. And if you watch some of the special features on uh, the DVD sets, they'll talk about what they used actually for the sound effects of his his gun. His gun was definitely a lot louder and deeper than what the sound of a revolver would be. Uh, now, I did say earlier in the podcast that I was going to share with you the entire trilogy. Uh, that was a mistake. I actually cannot find the audio for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, but I will fill in the gap with something just as much fun and I, something that I always consider to be inspired by the Indiana Jones films and that would be The Goonies. Uh, and I do have some audio of The Goonies that I will share with you instead of uh, the Last Crusade. Uh, but first, we're, of course, we're going to listen to the Temple of Doom. Now, I remember the Temple of Doom is actually the first Indiana Jones film that I saw, and I remember as a kid being completely freaked out when they were ripping the heart out of the guy, <laughs> and uh, it was things like that that actually uh, Temple of Doom was the movie that they started actually considering PG-13, uh, which it would have been given that rating, but the rating had not been fully developed yet. But because of Indiana Jones and the Temple of, the Temple of Doom, we now have the PG-13 rating for just such a movie as this. Um, Before I get on with that, though, I do want to remind you that for you, the listeners of Neverland Podcast, uh, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, I have been saying for the last few weeks that they do have The Hobbit, Unabridged by J.R.R. Tolkien. Also, if you look on NeverlandPodcast.com, I have a link in there. They have some Star Wars books for you to listen to. Uh, audiobooks are a wonderful type of thing to listen to when you're on the go or when you're cleaning the house or whatever. Uh, you can download it for your mobile device. You can download it for, of course, an MP3 player of any sort and just listen any old time you get a chance to. Uh, but now remember, you know you can get this for free. If you go to audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast, once again, that's audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast, and you get your free audiobook and you get your free trial. Uh, now, let's go ahead and move on with the audio from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This is the story of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the bullwhip crack like this. Let's begin now. 
Adventurer Indiana Jones normally didn't wear a tuxedo, but the Chinese gangster Lao Che had chosen a fancy Shanghai nightclub for their meeting. Lao's girlfriend, Willie Scott, eyed Jones with interest, but he was in no mood for romance. This was business, deadly business. A crime lord tossed gold coins and a huge diamond onto the table. I know you have found the ashes of my ancestor for me, Dr. Jones. Give them to me now. Indy pulled a jade box from his pocket and handed it over. Let's make a toast, Lau. To me, never working for you again. As Indy drank his champagne, Lau gave an evil laugh. <laughs> You've been poisoned, Dr. Jones. I have the antidote here, but it will cost the diamond and gold I just gave you. <laughs> Indy threw his drink into Lau's face and lunged across the table. But the antidote bottle tumbled to the floor, and Willie picked it up. Get him! Lau's men pulled out their guns and opened fire. Indy ducked behind a huge silver gong, cut it free, and sent it rolling across the room. Using the gong as a shield, Indy raced toward Willie, grabbing her around the waist. You're coming with me, Doc. I need that bottle. Together, they crashed through a large window and fell three stories, landing in the back seat of Indy's car. Shaken but unhurt, Indy yelled to the driver, his young pal, Short Round. To the airport, Shorty. Fast. Okay, <laughs> Hours after their plane took off, Willie frantically shook Indy awake. Dr. Jones, wake up! The pilot, uh, they jumped down! Nobody's driving, no fuel left! Do something! Quickly, Indy searched the falling plane. No more parachutes. Shorty, help me get this inflatable life raft to the door. Then you two, grab onto me. An instant before the plane crashed, Indy pulled the inflation cord and leaped up. The raft popped into shape and caught the wind. It bounced down a snowy mountainside and slid into a rushing icy river. Willie grabbed Indy's sleeve. Look out for those rocks! Oh, how did I ever get into this? Finally, the raft came to rest on the riverbank. Its three passengers cold, wet, and bruised, but alive. The chieftain of a nearby village walked up to greet them. Welcome. You are now in India. We have been waiting for you. The chieftain's village was desolate, his people starving. He offered the little food he had to his three guests. Evil men from Pankot stole our sacred stone. Without its protection, our wells dried up and our crops died. Then the men came back again and took away our children. We prayed for help. You fell from the sky. Thus, we know you were sent to help us. Indy looked at the misery around him. I'll do what I can. Early the next morning, the adventurers set off for Pankot. As Indy climbed on a large elephant, Short Round called up to him. I ride with you, Indy? Nope. We got an elephant over there, just your size. <laughs> Shorty couldn't believe his luck. He scratched the little animal fondly behind the ear. Indy's taking me to America. You come with me, baby elephant. Maybe we get a job in the circus. That night, they made camp by a muddy river. Willie noticed Indy examining a scrap of antique parchment. What's that? 
One of the village kids escaped from Pancot and brought this back. It shows a Hindu god giving five magical stones to Shankara, one of India's ancient holy men. Magical stones, huh? Like the one stolen from the village? Indy smiled. Could be my road to fortune and glory. When they finally reached the palace of Pankot, frowning guards glared at them from every corner. But the prime minister came out to greet them warmly. You must stay the night with us. The Maharaja will be most eager to meet you and hear of your adventures, Dr. Jones. Dinner will be at 8 o'clock. Willie raced off to her room. Dinner with the prince? I've got to get cleaned up. I hope he isn't married yet. At dinner that evening, they met the Maharaja, a boy of 13. Shorty grinned at Willie. Maybe he like older women. Okay, so I don't get my prince, but I do get a royal banquet, and I'm starving. But when the food arrived, it was awful things like roast snake and baked beetles. Yeah. Willie felt like crying. <laughs> Indy eyed the strange food skeptically. Hindus don't eat meat. Something's very wrong here. Later, back in Willie's room, Indy noticed a draft coming from a crack in the wall. He examined it closer. Look at this. There's a secret passage behind this statue. He turned to Willie. Lock the door until we come back. He and Shorty crept into the dark, bug-infested tunnel. They entered a small room. Suddenly, the door slammed shut behind them, and sharp spikes began pushing out of the floor and ceiling. This is Indy shouted through the door. Willie, get down here fast! I'm coming, but this tunnel is all wet and icky! Ah! There are bugs all over me! I'm getting out of here! Willie, we're about to get speared in here! Find a release lever, quick! Willie searched frantically as the spikes closed in on Indy and Shorty. At the last moment, she found the release. The spikes jerked back and the doors sprang open. Drawn forward by a weird chanting, the three cautiously entered a tremendous temple cut out of solid rock. Hundreds of worshippers bowed down before a gigantic idol. It had a necklace made of skulls, and its eyes glowed. And they pulled them back into the shadows. It's a temple to Kali, the goddess of death. Her followers practice human sacrifice. Horrified, they watched as the high priest, Mola Ram, lowered a man into boiling lava. While the worshippers were leaving, Indy looked closer at the repulsive idol. There, at her feet, three of the magic Shankara stones, and one is the villages. I'm not leaving without them. Indy used his whip to swing across the lava pit and quickly stuffed the mysteriously glowing stones into his shoulder bag. Then he noticed a tunnel behind the statue. He peered in. It's a mine. And those workers, they're the village children. Indy attacked the guards. But he was outnumbered and quickly captured. He was chained to a rock in the high priest chamber where he saw... Shorty! Willie! So they captured you too! Mola Ram forced a bubbling, smoky liquid down Indy's throat. From now on, all your thoughts will be of Kali, Dr. Jones. The blood of Kali will make you quite happy to be her slave. The potion worked. 
A cold, evil look entered Indy's eyes. At a gesture from Mola Ram, his chains were unlocked. He followed the priests back into the temple, where he watched them lead Willie to a metal sacrificial frame. Indy, help me! They want to draw me into that love as an offering to Kali! Indy gazed at her unfeelingly, then began to help the priests strap her down. Short Round was thrown into the mine to work with the other children. There, he learned that the spell of the potion could only be broken by the pain of fire. Then I can make Indy be himself again. I got to escape. When his guard wasn't looking, he darted away and scrambled up a ladder into the temple. There he saw Willie being lowered into the lava pit while Indy watched, smiling. Indy, no! You've got to wake up! Shorty grabbed a torch and jammed it into Indy's side. Ah! The evil look in his eyes faded and was gone. Thanks, Shorty. I'm okay now. Indy battled his way to the guard, lowering Willie into the lava, knocked him off the platform, and pulled her back up. Then he grabbed up the villager stone. Come on, Shorty, follow us. Punching priests left and right, he led them back into the mine. We're going to set all these kids free. Indy knocked out a guard and used his keys to free the children. As they fled the mine, a seven-foot guard suddenly attacked Indy. Fiercely, Indy battled the giant. But his blows had no effect. Then, Mola Ram appeared with more guards, firing guns. Indy yelled to Willie and Shorty, Get into a mine car. We'll escape that way. He finally tripped the giant and leaped under the mine car with his friends, just as it whizzed away into a tunnel. The mine car zoomed through the narrow tunnel like a roller coaster, nearly turning over on the tight curves. Then a shot sounded. Mola Ram's guards were following in another car. Willie curled up in a ball, turning green. Indy squeezed her shoulder. Don't conk out on us, doll. We need your help. Indy, Willie, and Shorty heaved a wooden beam out of their car onto the track. The pursuing car hit it with a horrible crash. When they came to the end of the tracks, Indy braked the car to a stop. Huh. I guess we walked from here. What's that rumbling? A tidal wave. The guards opened the reservoir above. Run for it! Fleeing the wall of water surging down the tunnel, they ran like they'd never run before. Just before it crashed down on them, they reached the tunnel entrance and dodged out of the way. Tons of water gushed past into the rocky gorge below. Their only escape route was an ancient rope bridge spanning the gorge. Indy saw a pair of guards coming. Willie, Shorty, get going while I hold these guys off. They started across the shaky bridge. Abruptly, one of the worm-eaten boards broke under Shorty's feet. Willie lunged forward and caught him just in time. They continued carefully. But when they finally stepped off the bridge, Mola Ram appeared and captured them. Indy had overcome the guards and was halfway across the bridge when he saw his friends captured. Then, more guards appeared behind him. He was trapped. Mola Ram walked out onto the bridge. The stones are mine. Give them to me. Indy grinned at him. Come and get them. Swinging his sword with all his might, he cut the ropes, shearing the bridge in two. Indy grabbed a rope and swung to safety as Mola Ram and his evil guards fell toward the hungry crocodiles below.
There was great rejoicing when Indy led the children home to their village. Willie looked around, astonished. Streams are running, crops growing. How could it all change so quickly? Could be something to do with this. Indy held up the sacred stone, then returned it to the village elders. Well, there goes my fortune and glory. On the other hand, it's still a long way home. He gave her a sly wink. Who knows what might turn up? Alrighty, so that was, of course, was plenty of fun here for us. Uh, but once again, like I said, I am so sorry. I was not able to locate the audio for The Last Crusade. It's not available on Mouse Vinyl. I searched around online. I couldn't find it to be able to share with you. But that's okay because I do, like I said, have what I consider to be very inspired by the Indiana Jones films, uh, The Goonies. Uh, of course, another great film from the 80s that, uh, boy, there was talk for a while that uh, they would get the adult cast back together and have some sort of a sequel, which could have been fun. Uh, maybe even have their children going on some sort of adventure. Uh, I don't know if they could do another One-Eyed Willie or if they could have come up with something different. I don't know. Uh, I recently did see a photo of the cast, all of the children all grown up. Uh, some of them got on to a, you know acting career. Some of them moved on to different things. Uh, it's very, very fun. Uh, this was, of course, a classic movie. Uh, I, I remember we had... Uh, uh, some glasses. I I don't remember which fast food franchise, but had glasses of the Goonies, and we had one uh, of the organ scene where they were playing the organ. Uh, but uh, without any further ado, here we go with the Goonies. Hi, I'm Chunk, and I'm going to tell you about the neatest thing that ever happened to me and my Goonie friends. You can read along with me as I tell you the story. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Are you ready? Me too. It all started one day when I raced over to Mikey and his brother Bran's house. Hey guys, I just saw the most amazing thing. There's this big cop chase and bullets were flying. Our friend Mouth was there too. Ah, he's making up one of his stories again. I was telling the truth, but nobody believed me. Mikey was moping around because it looked like all our houses in the goondocks were about to be torn down. I can't believe it. The Goonies will never be together again. Mouth tried to get us going. Come on, guys. This is our last weekend. We should have some fun. Hey, Mikey! What about all that stuff your dad's got in the attic? Mikey was fooling with the bag of marbles he always kept with him. We can't go up there. That stuff belongs to the town museum. But Mouth was already on his way. We followed. And a minute later, we were in the attic. In all the clutter, we found some pirate clothes and tried them on. Then Mikey found something else. A beat-up, faded map. It looks like a treasure map. And it's signed by One-Eyed Willie. Dad used to tell me about him. How this pirate hid his treasure in a cavern around here. Dad looked over Mikey's shoulder. Now that's old news. Everybody tried to find Willie's treasure a long time ago. Yeah, but if we could find the treasure, maybe we could save the Goondocks. Then we wouldn't have to move. Nearby, Dad found an old newspaper. Listen to this. Local miner Chester Copperpot missing. Was searching for fabled treasure. Hey, that guy was an expert, and he never came back. 
But that didn't stop Mikey. Our only chance is to try. Goonies never say die. We followed the map to this old restaurant. We huddled for a minute, and two Goonie girls, Andy and Steph, caught up with us. I peeked into the garage. It's that truck from the cop chase I was telling you about. It has bullet holes the size of watermelons. Just then, we spotted people coming out of the restaurant. Steph recognized them. That's the Fratelli mob. One of them escaped from jail today. After the Fratellis left, we sneaked into the restaurant. Mikey led the way. The map says the treasure is in the lowest spot. Let's head for the basement. It was dark and spooky down there. And worst of all, there was no food. Then we heard this growling, and it wasn't my stomach. We followed the sound to a room and looked inside. Chained to the wall was a big, ugly it. We ran out of there and stumbled into a dark, dusty room. Mikey pointed to a spot on the floor. This looks like the lowest point, but it's cement. How are we going to break through? Like always, Mouth had an answer. Just pour chocolate syrup on it and let Chunk eat his way through it. It made me mad, so I dove for Mouth, knocking over a water cooler. Mikey stopped cold. Look, the water's running down into that fireplace. That's the lowest spot. While everybody disappeared into the fireplace, I stayed behind and found the really important stuff. Ice cream! There was a whole freezer full! After a quick snack, I tried to join Mikey and the others in the fireplace. No, Chunk! Go get the police! And hurry! I ran outside and flagged down a truck. When I saw who was inside, my heart did a flip-flop. It was the Fratellis. They tied me up. And Mama Fratelli started grilling me. Okay, kid. We saw the bikes outside. Where are the rest of your friends? They're in the fireplace, honest! Stop your lying and tell us everything. So I did. I told him what I did in the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. They just stared at me. Meanwhile, the other Goonies were down in a tunnel. Mikey found some miners gearing candles. Hey, I bet this stuff belonged to Chester Copperpot. Then Andy found Chester. A skeleton! Poor Chester had been crushed by a boulder. Mikey checked out the skeleton. I bet Willie set a trap that stopped Chester. Look, here's a copper medallion, and it matches the markings on the map. Looking at the skeleton, Andy freaked. She tore off down the passage and set off another one of Willie's traps. Mikey saw it coming. It's an avalanche! Run! Boulders crashed down all around them, and one blocked their way. Bran started shoving it aside. I hear something on the other side. The bats! Watch out! Hundreds of bats burst through the opening. Up above, I heard the squeaking. The bats had flown back through the tunnel, and now they were coming through the fireplace. I turned to Mama Fratelli. See? I was telling the truth. She untied me. We gotta find the rest of those kids. Let's head for the tunnel. 
But first, put this one in with sloth. <laughs> sloth? What's a sloth, I wondered. Then I found out. The Fratellis tossed me in the room with the big, ugly it! Down in the tunnel, Mikey followed the map to a waterfall. Look! The floor's covered with coins! Everybody started grabbing all they could carry, until Mouth realized that the coins were new. We found a wishing well. Andy pointed to the ceiling. There's an opening! We can get out of here! But Mikey didn't budge. Don't you see how far we've come? Not even Chester got this far. This is our chance to find the treasure and save the Goondocks! While they kept going, I was left with sloth. At first I was scared, but then I found out that we both liked TV and we both loved food. Hey sloth, uh, you want a candy bar? He went crazy, pulling his chains right out of the wall. Then he set me free. Come on, Sloth. We gotta get the police. But he'd found the fireplace tunnel and was climbing in. Hey, Sloth! Wait up! The gang was at a dead end. Mouth was having a tough time with Willie's clues. Copper bones, triple stones, westward phones. Mikey tried to figure it out. The copper is Chester's medallion. The foam is the ocean. But what about the stones? Hey! Three stones sticking out of the wall! And the medallion fits right onto them! Dad coached Mikey. Now turn the medallion to the west. Mikey did! And the floor gave way! They tumbled down into a chamber where a big slab blocked away. Next to the slab, Mikey found the room's main feature. Look at this pipe organ! It's made out of bones! Mouth pointed to the map. Here, Andy. Try playing these notes. When Andy hit a right note, the slab inched open. When she hit wrong notes, pieces of the floor caved in. Mouth was freaking out. One more note and we can squeeze through. Andy hit it and the slab opened. Zoom! They went sailing down a wild water slide. 
and landed in a huge cavern. Mikey couldn't believe his eyes. It's Willie's pirate ship. Come on, let's look for the treasure. They climbed aboard, and Mikey found a passage into a hidden room. And there it was, the treasure. There were jewels, glittering gold pieces, rings, necklaces, everything. Seated at the head of the huge table was the skeleton of one-eyed Willie. Mikey went up to it. Hi, Willie. We figured out all your clues. You know, you were the first Goonie. Pretty soon, the others were in the treasure room, grabbing everything they could carry. Dada reached for a pile of gold in front of Willie, but Mikey stopped him. That's his stuff. It might be another booby trap. Then Dada heard a noise. Someone's following us. We better get moving. Not so fast, kitty. <gasps> it was Mama Fratelli. She and her sons were on the ship. Take the treasure and tie them up. They're gonna walk the plank. <laughs> Mama Fratelli thought she had everything under control, but she'd forgotten about me and Sloth. Just as she was about to start walking the Goonies off the plank, Sloth cut loose with a wild scream. He grabbed onto a nearby rope. I hung on to him for dear life. Let's go, Sloth! We swung across the cavern and landed on the ship's deck. Get the weapons away from the Fratellis and all untie my friends. Bran dove off the ship. Everybody, jump! We did. The sloth following close behind. But the Fratelli's greed got the best of them. They climbed back into the treasure room and grabbed Willie's stuff. All of a sudden, the whole cavern started to shake. Rocks were falling down all around us. We were lucky we weren't crushed. Bran led us into a tunnel. Man, it's dark in here. Dada, do you still have those candles? Dada checked his backpack. He found a candle and lit it. But then he noticed something. Hey, this is no candle. This is dynamite! As we dove for cover, a monster explosion rocked the cavern. The explosion left a huge boulder blocking the tunnel. Sloth lifted it to let us escape. We had survived. Our parents met us on the beach, and so did the cops. Sloth hauled the Fratellis out a few minutes later, and the cops swarmed all over them. Sloth was a hero. Mikey felt bad about not getting any treasure. I guess we won't be able to save our houses after all. Right there on the beach, some guy tried to make Mikey's dad sign away their house. That was when we found Mikey's marble bag. He'd filled it with jewels, then forgotten all about it. The goondocks were saved! Just then, as the sun came up, we saw a flash of white on the water. It was Willie's pirate ship, heading out to sea. Mikey held up the bag of jewels. Thanks, Ronald Willie. Goodbye. 
All right. If that was good enough for you, then it's good enough for me. Those of you who are fans of that movie will know where that's from. Uh, but all right, that is about all the time we have for the Neverland podcast. So unfortunately, I have to send you back home. But that's okay. Keep a pixie with you. Sprinkle a little dust whenever you need to in your life. And uh, whenever you're having those stressful times, just you kind of remember some fun childhood memories. Remember just to act like a big kid, as I always say. I'll go ahead and remind you the email address is podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Feel free to send me uh, your favorite Muppet. Uh, and why is that is that your favorite Muppet? You know, any good memories you have of the Muppets, uh, which I can use for next week. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, NeverlandPCast. That is, of course, at NeverlandPCast. And then, of course, on Facebook, Neverland Podcast. Uh, if you do a search for The Neverland Podcast, or if you go Neverland, or, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast, also find our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. You can find links there for Audible.com. Don't forget about your free trial. You will find links also to find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, find our Twitter feed, and our Facebook feed. And, of course, also find a nice little search engine, provided you don't have an ad blocker running, uh, to search iTunes for anything. Everything you do on that does help support the show. And I do appreciate and thank you once again for hitting that download button. And join us next week in Neverland for some Muppets fun. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.